the Minnesota Football Show, your regular dose of smart, socially aware, and occasionally snarky news and commentary about local, national, and international soccer. The Minnesota Football Show co-hosts are Bridget McDowell and Sheila Reed, produced and co-hosted by Rodrigo Sanchez Javeria and Eric Silva Renner. You can follow the Minnesota Football Show at Show on your social media platform of choice. Subscribe to and rate the Minnesota Football Show on iTunes. Welcome to another edition of the Minnesota Football Show. We have our mascot here, Bigotes, trying to teach Eric how to sit, apparently. Um, um, we also are joined by my uh, wonderful co-host, uh, Bridget and Eric. And of course, as we mentioned before, our our Minnesota football show mascot Bigotes uh, is making his lovely appearance. I hope that dog poops on your shoulder. Or hey, hey on your shoulder. come on now. <laughs> that's the that, that's the way. Par- Don't you remember when your kids used to do that? When you would try and just do, you know, it it only happened once, and it was terrible. But it, but it happened. <laughs> it did. It did happen. Bigotes is actually more like a squirrel than anything. He's trying to. I'm just going to get up. He high. really does. Yeah. Yeah. He likes, he's going to he crawl right into your hood. And just <laughs> I don't know where he's going, but Eric is going to be one of those uh, one of those dog parents on like on like uh, one of those uh, marketplaces online where he's looking for a, a used baby Bjorn carrier <laughs> to put bigotes in to take to like Minneapolis City games or anything else like that. He'll get one of those little like toy poodle carry bag things where it's like a mesh bag kennel thing. Yeah, no lie detected. <laughs> I found that I found that it's in the uh, works. Yeah. <laughs> I found a cape that Rogue used to wear, like a super dog kind of cape. I might just give that to uh, you. See if that actually that totally be like two twice the awesome. size of the dog, but it'd be perfect. You just be like walk around with a cape. He's grown quite a bit, but he's still too small for his harness. Like he doesn't like his uh, his collar and his leash, so we, so we got him a little doggy harness. And nope, three weeks in, still too small. <laughs> <laughs> But he's fully house trained. Like he is, he is potty nice. trained, crushing it. So yeah, we're doing good. We're doing, it's a big doing step. well with him. Yes, it's great. I mean, he he screams and yells, "Let me outside! Let me do my thing!" Like, awesome. Let's do it. Let's go. Although today was hilarious because he like jumped. I was gonna in the say, snow what did? How did he disappeared? Today? Completely disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> but but because funny. he's not a white dog, he, you can see him in the snow. So yeah, he's like, sort of. <laughs> track the little black speck through. yes right yes he had to make he had to make his trail basically before he could like do his business because he's just like i'm gone where where am i you know what you can do is you can go out there with like one of those not a shovel but like close enough and just like dig him like a racing track in your backyard and just make mm-hmm. him go in an eight and just loop oh, yeah. around oh that's a fun idea actually when i had, a, when I had the greyhound we had to do that mm-hmm. make a couple little paths all the way around give her a fresh one every once in a while she hated walking through like that chest deep snow. Mm-hmm. Uh, how's everybody else doing? Rodrigo and Bridget. Well, Rodrigo, uh, save the the game experience. We'll talk. We'll let you have more time on that. When we talk about the game, but otherwise, how how are you guys doing? Um. So on Thursday, I went on a ski trip, a fifth grade ski trip, uh, with Santi. Like all the kids, all my kids and Adams have gone to it. So this is he's the last one, and like I found out that just like. 
his sisters, Santi is a perfectionist. So if you can't get it within the first two or three tries, it's temper tantrum times 9,000. That's, that, that's yeah. a long road of uh, disappointment when it comes to skiing. <laughs> <laughs> right. So the like, you know, I'm trying to help him and he's like, you know, he's like, I can't do it. I can't do this. Like, look, we don't say can't take a break. We'll try it again. Right. And then like, he's like, he's like, you know, he's mad. Right. And so I'm like, you know, I just going to give him some time. And then someone came to help us. One of the people from um, Buck Hill and they walked him through it. They pushed him through it. Right. They gave him some space. And then literally like must have been like half hour just working. And then. He's going down the bunny hill. Sure, he's falling, right? But he's going down the bunny hill. He's like, "This is the best. This is the best thing ever. I wish I could. I could ski every day." And I'm like, "I wish I could afford skiing <laughs> more than right. more than every every five years, because <laughs> it's an expensive thing to do." And Santi's like, "Why is it so expensive?" I was like, "Well, you look at it. You got you got to pay the lift ticket or whatever you're gonna do. That's what between thirty and forty bucks, right?" If you don't own your own equipment, you got to rent your equipment. That's another 30, 40 bucks maybe, right? You're too lazy to, to bring your own food or to actually figure out where you can eat outside of the place that is close that you're going to. So that's another $20, 30 so you're looking that, that one's on you, though. That one's on that, you. That one's on you. That's true. That's true. <laughs> that one's on us. But then the thing is, is like, you know, you're, you're looking at least, you know, 60 bucks every time you go out per person. And that's like... Yeah. I can't. Do I that. used. I mean, that's what we do with all the cross country gear. We got a whole right, and that's gear. what I'm saying. It's like I told Santi, it's like if you want to, Como has their own like ski thing that they can do. Like they, you know, yep. it costs us fifty bucks for you to go to the training to do the rental equipment. Yep. And then if you get into like, cross country skiing, I can get you all the other stuff, and you can just get your stuff and just go. That's right. So yeah. You can just go. And I don't have to worry about you. Yep. Exactly. So he's like, he's like, you know, that's not a bad idea. I was like, so he's looking into it. So. And also, in the yeah. end, still cheaper than hockey. That's, that's true <laughs> hockey is so expensive i don't even want to there's so many hockey rings out there that you don't get used as often as they should but like just ice time yeah no it's ridiculous it's ridiculous any other updates on your end bridget nope other than the, the new computer the computer exactly right that's that's, no, that's the big santi, thing right now yeah santi did tell me a funny dad joke uh while we were there so um mm. I thought that was, that was, that was, that was really unique. You're going to leave us hanging? Vamanos. No, no, no. He said to me, like, <laughs> we're sitting, we're, we're sitting, we're sitting and uh, waiting to figure out what we're going to get for, to eat. And he's like, dad, do you know why, why everyone worships donuts? And I'm like, why? And then he's like, because they're holy. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, not wow. Bad. Not bad. Classic. That's just not bad. That's classic. Good job. I like that one. I told him, he's like, okay, thanks. I came up with it all by myself. I'm sure you didn't, but you know, let him have it. Let him have it. Yeah, yeah. Let him have it. I read it somewhere. Yeah, totally. It's pretty good. It's pretty probably good. was on Reddit. That's probably what he did. You know. <laughs> right on. Well, should we jump oh, in, man. folks? Some recaps and some other news. It's you know, considering that we did have a game day and everything like that, it, it's still kind of light, actually, kind of surprising. Um, let's let's recap a little bit from last week after we recorded. Um, in MLS, uh, we had Orlando beating Montreal 2-0. This is week one again. Atlanta 3-1 over Sporting. LA Galaxy get the 1-0 over NYCFC. Chicharito, kind of a last-minute thing there. Houston and Real Salt Lake tie here. That game was atrocious. And Seattle and Nashville 
Uh, maybe this is the one with the big narrative. Seattle's obviously resting a lot of people for uh, for CCL, but Nashville comes out and takes this thing away. Um, and we'll, you know, spoiler, it doesn't go well for them again this week. But uh, all the CCL teams are resting and trying to do, you know, the, the two things at once. They, they all did pretty poor. Uh, but I don't know. Rodrigo, how are you feeling? They, they give Rui Diaz a, a breather and they get smoked. Um, no, you know, here's the thing. Like, Nashville has been uh, from the get go a, a defensive team that counterattacks and plugs the middle, and it's worked for them, right? They've, they've, that's their identity, and it works for them. And having uh, Mukhtar being and Sapong being the two pivots that generate your offense, you know, it's it's it they are fun, it's not to a watch, bad, those yeah, two. it's not it's not <laughs> it's not a bad it's not a bad plan, right? I mean, you add um, who did just sign a new guy, um. Who's given who gives Dax McCarty more ability to push forward, which we saw what well, we'll talk about in the Loons game, which you talking about the uh, Godoy? No, I hate Godoy. <laughs> Godoy, Godoy and Real are okay. dirty. That's all I'm telling you. <laughs> Not those what two, I was looking those for, two, but all right. <laughs> those two are dirty. That's all I must say. Yeah, yeah. I'll get more into it later on, but regardless, like that's what it is. And so that's what this game was. Like, right? Nashville plugs the middle, right? Gives you the more space to really do what you can. Right, and then they counter, and that's what happened. Right, I mean they 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 waited patiently and they took it, took their their advantage of their opportunity, and that was it. I mean, mm-hmm. does not having a Rui Diaz help them? Yeah, sure, it helps Nashville, but at, at the same time, I mean, like you also have to have all these. You know, Rushnag has to has to figure out how how he's going to play in this system, and I thought he had some good moments, but I think overall it's just you know. Just a lot of a lot of just you know first beginning of the season, a lot yeah. of things that need to be tinkered out. Sure. Right. Sure, when sure. we get into the fifth game of the season, if we're having the same issues, then that's that's another conversation to have. But at the same time, this is the MLS where you can take the first half of the season <laughs> and then turn turn it all lights on and make it into the playoffs, right? Yep. Um, other little things to look at in terms of narrative. Um, I, I love this moment. Orlando gets the big win and they have a thing that they're presenting Kaka with something and Patu is there and actually scores. You get to have this little reunion between Alexandre Patu and Kaka, who of course played together on the national team and uh, on the Celeso Sele- and everything. That, 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 was, that was a cute moment. It was nice to see him like just vibe for a little bit on the, <laughs> on the sidelines and talk about the good old days as it were. And then Patu goes out there and actually scores. Um, Atlanta United got to mention, one of the goals comes from uh, everybody's favorite, Tom Dwyer. <laughs> did, did not have that one in the cards. He's setting the bar high for himself. Apparently. And he's probably not going to meet <laughs> that bar. But uh, Shooting high, crashing. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it was a, it was a nice goal. I mm-hmm. mean, uh, good for them. It, it was interesting because he's – reignited the whole conversation about you know the players that you spend a ton of money on and then the veteran utility guys coming in mm. and uh they got their value out of dom rather than yeah. some of the big guys so um yeah interesting definitely uh we'll, we'll go to week two in a sec here but before we do that bridget i'll throw this to you some sad news um katie meyer out of stanford you want to you want to take this one yeah, so we covered um, <clears throat> we covered the 2019 NCAA game that went to a PK shootout mm-hmm. with Stanford, and 
um, video went all around ESPN and Sports Center, all of that, uh, with Katie Meyer, you know, pointing to the crest and the Stanford logo on her shirt and uh, big attitude and and love that everyone yeah. loved it. Um, so she was actually found uh, dead in her dorm room last week, uh, and cause was suicide. I think they're still investigating um, the exact cause, uh, but it was suicide. Um, her Super family sad. went Super on, sad. I think it was GMA the other day to talk about it um, and talk about, you know, advocating for a better support system for student athletes um, yeah. and all students, but specifically student athletes uh, because of the extra stress that they're going through. Um, so yeah, really sad story all around. Um, you know, she really made headlines for the the PK shootout a few years ago, and then uh, not someone you'd expect to see back in the news um, in this way. But that's, I mean, reminder that it's often the people you don't expect. Um, her parents were saying I... that they had just talked to her that morning, and everything seemed fine. They had no idea. Yeah, our solidarity with the family. There was, uh, I didn't put this in the notes, but I, I saw in the local news, there was a uh, a young woman, soccer player, football player, athlete from somewhere in Minnesota that, that also took her life recently this week. I don't know if you guys caught that one or not. Mm -mm. I, I can't remember from, that. I can't remember from which school, but uh, yeah. I, I think, you know, a lot of the things just too is because I have two players who are currently they're not playing right now and they don't have a club to play for for at the moment and i think it's for them it's emotionally and mentally has been a big drain not having that outlet but also at the same time um being in a pandemic for the past two years it's just become an extra stress that uh the people are put on there specifically student athletes in this point you know that you have to keep an account of and just because, you know, when I, when I have a conversation with my kids, I, I've always made this rule. I always say, when I ask you how your day went, I want you to tell me how your day went. Where from like, if it was super shitty and why, you know, I'm not asking just to be a cordial thing that you know, becomes a Minnesota nice thing that doesn't really know. I really want you to tell me how it is. If it's just a horrible day, tell me, right? If it's not, not. But, but that's what these words mean to me. It's like I'm saying, that's what I want you to do. And I think there's, it helps um, when you have a resource to to talk to, and I think this pandemic has strained so much uh, mental health advocates and mental health resources that if I'm trying to get my kids to to talk to a therapist, we're looking on a three month wait line to be able to get into an appointment. And sometimes these things that are happening are exactly happening right now, and you need someone to talk to, and they're. And it just, you know, it, it just emphasizes how much more resources is needed, not only at a, at a collegiate level, at a sports level, but just overall as a society, how much we mm -hmm. tend to um, disregard the importance of a person's well-being. That's well said. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I guess I'll, I'll leave it there. I don't even got really else to, to say on that. And Bridget, you want to? add anything yeah. take care of yourselves people please um let's jump back to mls uh we got we got the uh the we talked about neymar last week 
interested because he can, he can have his carnival for three months and <laughs> party. Uh, now, apparently, Sergio Ramos is talking about coming, which I know would absolutely thrill Rodrigo and I, the, the bad guy in MLS. Oh, uh, God. If he comes to he, MLS. He'd have just... to come to Minnesota. It'd be, it'd be Minnesota. It'd have to be just to upset us. <laughs> Right, it'd have to do that, or have, or he have to go like to either Kansas City or, uh, um, or Portland, or probably like you know, Atlanta for us to really focus in, because you know, the Portland Atlanta Minnesota right. rivalry now it's at a whole different level than it was, um, a couple of years ago. But that would be the, but honestly, I mean, like, sure, he wants to come over here. Sure, who's gonna fork over fifty million dollars, which is his current salary? It's yeah. like, I mean, that's why that's why I said Atlanta sounds right. Yeah, I mean, like someone someone can afford to do that and just make him a tam player. Great. Although, right. I'm just thinking this now that you mentioned Portland, it would be some sweet karma if Portland signed him, and then he did one of his uchigamis or his ridiculous judo throws and absolutely just destroyed Fragapane. That would be. That'd be something. That'd be some. That'd be well, some I mean, in the universe. All it takes to Fragapani to get injured nowadays, it seems, just to be a little bit of sleet and snow and cold weather, and 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 there you go. Yeah. Oof, a little Uchimata, be beautiful. Um, we'll see what happens there. Um, uh, the real big news that kind of took MLS by storm is Ache Ache Hector Herrera coming from Atlético Madrid, and man, he. I mean, he was making. A lot. You t- you said fifty mil for Ramos. He was somewhere around there, I think, right? Yeah. I mean, like I like it's cool. I like it, but like Exeter has also like is not not it's not spring chicken, you know? No, like, no. But he still, you know, I has mean, a role in the yeah, national I mean, team and the L three. I mean, he'll 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 do well um uh once he gets acclimated to Houston and whatever else they're trying to do in Houston. I think that that'll be it's a big plus for the league. I yeah. think yes. that's a, I think that's probably the thing specifically with the decline of what we we've seen in the aspect of the Liga MX um, as as of um you know the decline that they're going into right now and the and the lack of 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 things but I think yeah it's a big boost I mean MLS like we we really didn't talk about it but this off season was a big deal for the MLS and I think uh the folks at the Athletic and other um other 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 folks um journalists talked about it you know it was just uh how this was a really good off season where like the mls became a selling league like we saw so many players which mm-hmm. is something that you know a league that's supposed to be for entire folks is not supposed to do and so i think that's a that's a really interesting thing to to see is that that, that push to develop new talent and to push the push out uh, uh things and push out players and and you know it's great, but I I think it's a it's a good move for the league. Um, I would just try to see um, that Chicharito did the same thing, but it's taken him two years to finally right. find that groove and stride. So I would probably say that if Herrera, I would put Herrera probably in a similar timeline before we really see what he can do, and he could totally defy all my expectations and odds, and that's totally fine. But that's what I well, that's what I expect. Yeah, it was listening to the uh, extra time guys just riffing off what you were saying there, Rodrigo. They they were really focused on kind of the the marketing aspect of it too, because apparently Houston hasn't done the greatest job of outreach to their Mexican community. <laughs> Stop me if that sounds familiar. <laughs> um, and so they're really looking forward of you know kind of 
him hopefully being some kind of an ambassador and getting things kind of moving in that regard, which, which could be an amazing thing. So we'll see. Um, okay, completely switching gears. I don't even know who wants this one. We talked a little bit before we started recording. I'm just going to throw it out there and whoever wants to, this is, this is me uh, getting my lure on the pole and just casting it out into the water. So whichever one of you bites, you can take it. Let's do the, let's do the Hope Solo pod featuring Carly Lloyd <laughs> and, just, and just watching insanity and ridiculousness ensue. So go ahead, whoever wants it. It's First like, off, when did Hope get a podcast? Exactly. Yeah. That's what it's my first. <laughs> yeah. That was my first reaction. <laughs> like, I didn't even know Hope Sola had a podcast. Yes. Which which probably tells us exactly what kind of market her podcast is in. Right. If none of us uh yeah. Anyway. You know, you know it's perfect <laughs> for Spotify to pick up for a million dollars, right? Oh, they're gonna slide it right. They'll have an old Rogan show, they'll have the Hope Solo show and a new Rogan show. That, that's that'll right. be I mean, the that, way things that, will that'll roll. Be like, <laughs> you you finish a, a Joe Rogan episode and it automatically just yep. plays some new. Yep. Oh yeah, Right in. Right that's, in. That's a good way to get rid of eight hours in a day, right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, I would totally be the, hate to be the person that has to, has like actually listens eight hours, you know, six hours <laughs> of your joe rogan and two hours of whatever hope solo has to say regarding whatever hope solo was to say and i'm gonna i'm gonna give it hope solo is was a was a great goalkeeper i think that's you know talent wise goalkeeping wise probably one of the best um, um for sure uh but like you know it, it when when she was still playing for the u.s women's national team we didn't have the accessibility of social media or accessibility for folks to express their opinion as we do now and with carly lloyd you know saying talking about culture or how you know how toxic it was to play on the u.s men national team culture or whatnot it's like it, it totally is it's like we all saw it coming like we yeah we she definitely dropped yeah. breadcrumbs yeah she, she, it's she like handed yeah if you're surprised then i don't know where you've been <laughs> The past 10 years, right? I mean, I think it probably all got even worse for her after, you know, the Japan um, game for the World Cup. Mm -hmm. And that's where it's kind of just started going downhill in a sense. But, like, I'm not surprised. They're entitled to what to say what they want to say, and that's fine. They have a platform, and that's great. And they can do that, but I'm not surprised at all. And I, and I don't think anyone should be. No. I mean, I know Bridget's not. Nope. I mean, there's, there's a little bit of, uh, maybe it's more the audacity of the whole thing, but someone pointed it out again that the, the national team and all of its surrounding uh, sponsors and pundits and what have you uh, basically laid out the red carpet for her for the last year uh, for Lloyd for her retirement. And then for her to make her first um, quote unquote media uh, appearance since then um, with the former teammate and to just trash the team completely, um, just bizarre. And I mean, again, I'm not that surprised. I'm kind of surprised that I am a little surprised. Um, but the whole thing is just ridiculous. And yet it, it does kind of miss, make you miss the days. You know, people say 
why are athletes getting political now? We miss the old days where you never heard this stuff, but that's because, you know, even 10 years ago, not everyone was on social media and sharing their thoughts through the day. Um, so even when Hope Solo was playing, we didn't hear, you know, what she thought about every issue unless someone happened to ask her post-match and, you know, she might've said something that may have hinted at some of this. Um, I don't know, but, you know, no one was really watching that stuff then. Um, so yeah, now that we hear, you know, every inner thought of, of all of these athletes, uh, we're getting to know them a bit more for their off field thoughts. Uh, but the comments about the, the culture, as she said, of this team being a team that stands up, um, yeah, you know, how, how dare these BIPOC people actually like <laughs> fight for their rights and, and right. some progress? So, suddenly, how dare it's, they? suddenly it's all political and woke. No, it's, I mean, that's not suddenly, like they're literally just asking for equal rights with their teammates and, you know. Which, which is something what the 99ers were doing at the same time. The exactly. The of the world, yeah. the Julie Fowley of the world, <laughs> yep. the Brian Scories of the world. They were all uh -huh. doing the same thing in their own way. It's just that, yeah, I, it's just, they just weren't able to, they didn't have the access or that. But you totally know, like, if you were the uh, the publicist for Carly Lloyd, and all of a sudden you got a wind of that, that's where you get a that's where you get an Instagram uh, post like. Yeah, that, I mean that that's things. what sucks is yeah. there, there's there's such a demand and a platform for all this right wing trash and nonsense. So of course, if they're going to lean in, they're going to have millions and millions of right. listeners and supporters. And and just just look at Michelle Tafoya. That's a prime example of the same thing as Carly Lloyd, right? I mean, like. She is this the one from Portland, up. or that Michelle was in Portland? No, no. Michelle Tafoya was the was the uh, what is it? The sports broadcaster for football, American football yeah. games, NFL, and CBS. Sunday, yeah, yeah. And then she gave up her job as an analyst to be able to, you know, say the the things on there. And she's from Minnesota too, so mm. she shared it with the Vikings. So, so mm. and she got a platform thanks to NBC and all the other NFL stuff and. Now she had a platform. She's, you know, she's featured on the view with her viewpoints and she's, not 12 uh, hours after her last broadcast, right. she was, she was out there talking about Kaepernick and, um, mm -hmm. and all sorts of things. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, it's, it's just, everyone is entitled to their opinion, but they're not entitled to, uh, you know, just being a not, decent human being with their right. teammates and their friends right um but yeah i i'm sure we're gonna hear more of this unfortunately and, uh, right I'm i mean sure there's going to be many more podcasts yeah and, and here's the thing too it's like you know and then carly lloyd does touch on some things that you know it's part, it's part of it's like when you get into the club level right and then you 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 form groups around people Teams usually, you know, there's there's pockets of teams in each each group, like pockets of player in each team that they like to hang out with each other. And that's okay. As long as when they come together, they they understand what they're going to be, and that doesn't turn into a toxic situation. Now, if Carly Lloyd didn't get invited to any of these circles, then I don't know. You know, Carly Lloyd there's, maybe needs to work better. There's probably a reason. Yeah, there's probably a reason <laughs> why Carly Lloyd didn't get invited to these circles, right? I mean if no one know? is inviting you, it's probably not them. It yeah. might be you. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, and so that's the thing. And I, I think at the same time, you know, to kind of bring us into a better news segment, um, um, we just want to say that um, Carlos Cordero, fuck yes. off. 
I am so freaking glad that Cindy Parlo Cohn was reelected as U.S. soccer president and freaking Carlos Cordero, who was sponsored by the U.S. Youth Soccer Federation. That shit blew my mind. Like the fact that the Youth Soccer Federation was willing to like, I'm like, that is just a slap and in the face. See- and to see how just how close it was. Yes. If if three players in the player association or the players council, whatever they're calling it, um, if they had switched their vote to Cordero rather than Parlo Cone, uh, yeah. it would have been his three players. Wow. No, I missed all this. That's that's scary. Uh, it's the uh, it's just like the reactionary side. Like they're always unfortunately there, there's always a lot of um there's always a lot of power there which i mean then we, we, yeah. we could go into a whole tangent on <laughs> that's what a that that's means. a whole show yeah yes yeah. exactly in the macro um let's let's have let's hop to uh week two here let's start with minnesota united and their home opener um i will give a spot in here with with an interruption that happened but let's let's kick it off from the actual kickoff uh, we had uh, Trap in, which was good to see him at, with the captain's armband. Uh, Metnair still out, so our our guy that I'm finally starting to recognize now, Fisher, he's back in. Um, I don't know. Not a lot happened before the fourth minute, and Sapong had a pretty sweet goal. Uh, this thing started. We we you all both referenced both uh, Mukhtar and Sapong just a little while ago, and they were they were causing trouble all over the place even before the, this fourth minute. And I'm not sure who who has that first ball in, but it was a beautiful ball in to Mukhtar way on the on the wing. And he brought it up basically to the almost to the the end line and the the post and just did a little cross in there, garbage goal one time for Sapong. You're not gonna miss that. And I mean, who do we blame this thing on? Uh, I, I put, you know, that that was Fisher's side, but also like, you know, Kalman was in there starting and Boxall too. Like they completely blew that central coverage. So what, yes. did, what did you yeah, think? Yeah, it started. I mean, it started in, in the center. There was just, they were given so much space inside of the 18 and, and going in from there. Um, I mean, yeah, you, you can blame Fisher for not getting that, not getting the final coverage uh, on Mukta, but it, it, it was a perfect. Uh, illustration of all of the the holes that they still have left to fill even with this defensive depth um and it really speaks to how how well that nashville formation works flooding the midfield um there were multiple times throughout the game where you know like boxy or Coleman gets burned by one guy and then on the next play there's three or four defenders around that guy but then they leave three more wide open on the far exactly. post exactly. and that's that's where so many of the close calls came from throughout the game mm-hmm. um that's actually my and, next note like i did i didn't expect yeah. nashville to be attacking and pressing as much as they did in like for the first 20 minutes yeah. like they were oh, yeah. all over minnesota well i mean they, they had to i mean they they understand that and and and, and back to the the goal i think it's 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 that cross that came in was from Dex McCarty. Ah, so, thank you. And so what happened in that play is the ball goes out to him and there's so much space. But Datsun's already committed to a player in in, a, in the box. And then Amarilla is making a run to press. 
And what happens is there wasn't support for uh, Will Trap enough because he had a player that was coming. And so Will Trap had to decide whether he's going to go and press for the ball or he's going to let the player go. And by the time he makes that decision, it's too late. Right. And the ball gets in. Beautiful ball. I mean, I, I, I mean, Mukhtar one touched it across. And I think, you know, I don't know if if Miller could have gotten a hand or even half a glove on it. It would have gone a different way. But his reaction was a little bit slower than I am. And I and, and you guys are right. And then and then both our center backs just totally ate it. They didn't follow the run. And, and that was it. And so that that's one of the things, as Bridget pointed out, this 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 Nashville team is very good at plugging that middle. They plug, and then since they already have that middle fill of midfielders, as soon as that ball goes, they're gone. They're trying yeah, to fill those I, spaces. And that drives, if you don't have a midfield, that drives just crazy. And that's the thing, too, that happened in this game. Like, from the get-go, you could see that um, Dotson and Trap were playing as a double-six role. Right. Dotson was dropping a lot and, and, and but so was but so was a trap. And I think that's one of the things like if you're going to try to control the midfield by just letting your two midfielders take care of three bodies, that's not going to work very well, specifically in transition. Right. It's going to make them work a lot. And I have to give it to Dotson. Like, he tried and he was physical and so was trap. But there was just no way to get that outlet. And we all knew that. If you put a body on Reynoso and you press him, <laughs> he's going to get super frustrated and he's not going to be as effective. Um, and I think that's what it was. One of those things, too, is one of the things, too, is that these last two games has exposed people or other teams uh, how reliable we are on our left back and our right back, infusing themselves into our offense. That's true. And when you cannot do that, then you become more one-dimensional and less worried. Like, I don't think people were worried about Fisher, you know, tearing it up like a mid-to-near, right? I mean, you look at it. Chase Gasper has, is, is more of a defensive type of person, right? He'll make his runs. He'll make those passes. But he also covers his space, right? Metanier is the versatile dribbler who can go all the way into the length, try to get a cross in, not successful, but he, can, he has really good ball control. You have the bossy who's not that great on his feet, uh, but he doesn't understand the communication and role he has to play with Fragapane. So there was a lot of miscommunication where there wasn't even try of an overlap, right? And that takes away the efficiency of a Fragapane, which you have him on the left, and it just totally shuts down one side of your attacking offense. And I just these last two games have really exposed that how reliable we are with that. And then when we get into the second half, it becomes even more apparent how we can fix that in a sense. Well said. Bridget, anything to add? Um, going back to Miller for a second, I mean, he he probably could have reacted a little bit faster on that final ball and maybe gotten a glove on it, um, but he was committed to uh, the ball coming from Mukhtar, and I think he thought it was going to cut in um, on that near post. Uh, and I think he also assumed that the four guys in front of him had, had that covered. Uh, you could kind of see him react on the broadcast. We see him watching the replay up on the screen because he's, he's on the brew hall end at that point. So he's, he's watching the replay um, and you can see him trying to like, well, shit, I thought, I thought so-and-so was probably here. He's, he's not sure where that came from. Um, 
but yeah, they Nashville was definitely flooding that the left side right away, knowing that there was going to be you know a little a little bit of confusion out there, and we've we've seen that before. I mean, they they always get the number of whoever's playing left back or right back. Um, and they find those spaces. And I think Trapp and Dotson didn't quite have uh, the chemistry down yet this year. Uh, we saw some struggles with that last season when they were paired together regularly um, as Ozzy was being rested, uh, where they were trying to kind of work that out. Um, and I think having the front, the ever rotating front four now be kind of, um, kind of set uh, I think that'll improve a little bit more once they learn how everyone's working up there and they fall into those roles uh, if they continue to remain consistent in that respect. Um, but yeah, the, I mean, the defense was not prepared for the Nashville uh, counter and, and they should have been, this is exactly how they've been playing. Um, yeah. That's how they took down Seattle. Yep. And we saw it last season, same exact thing. And exactly. that's exactly how they're going to play. And um, yeah, it, it looks like we just weren't quite prepared for uh, the intensity that they brought. Agreed with both of you. Um, turnovers, miscues. That's all I got in there. 20 seconds. Uh, Fraga did have a nice blast. It was a little off. Uh, again, I just put Mukhtar tearing him up like multiple, multiple times. We go to halftime, uh, Nashville up one nil. And I mean, it sucks to go down early. I mean, here we are again, giving up a fourth minute goal. Like I, you know, year six, which feels like year 50 and <laughs> here it is again. It's still happening. Um, yeah. frustrating. I, I think so too, but at the same time, like towards the end of the half, we started to, uh, push the ball more forward and be quicker on our passes. We've talked about and we, when we were at the stadium, G kept up pointing out to me is like, they're not playing the ball wide quickly enough. Like mm -hmm. there's so much space on the wings to play, but when you don't have your regular wing players that are willing to take that ball and dribble or people that don't understand, you know, that, that, that seems to be detrimental to, to stalling. And it's just when we do those quick passes and we do those, you know, one, two combination passes, and we're looking for for a run on a on uh, on to open space or looking for an open open pass lane that can bisect the midfield into like the attacking third. We are much much better at doing that. But when we we keep swinging the ball back and forth trying to find space when you know someone's just literally flooding the midfield, you got to be able to try to take them on. You got to be able to get those balls in there and move them because if you don't move them, they they're not going to do change anything else that way. And I think. Around, I want to say the 37th minute is when there's a sequence and we're like, we're going out on a break and Fragapane gets the ball and then Fragapane tries to pass the ball. I think it was to a running uh, Reynoso and the ball just goes nowhere, right? That's where he got injured because you could totally see him making a skip and a hop and then, you know, something was with his hammy. But finishing the half, with a blast from the bossy that hits the post that literally like a, a centimeter one way goes in. I mean, that was, that, that, that was good. And, and, and then 
people have always been like that. Why are you hating the Basi on the left? And it's like, it's not that I hate him as a left, but she doesn't have the experience or communication to be able to play on that side. Right. I mean, like there were, there were moments where him and Fragapane, like he would get the ball. Right. Uh, he would get the ball and he had room to dribble the ball up, but he would play safely back. And so then you, you, you're just not using that side as much as you are, as you are. But um, the bossy, he can pass the ball. And we've seen them do put a long ball out there or a good cross. And we saw that. Um, but you got to learn how to utilize that. And I'm hoping that, you know, if he becomes an option on that side, then he needs to he, there needs to be a focal point of making sure that he is comfortable pushing that ball up and making those overlapping runs. Because if because because Fisher is he's willing to make those runs. Mm-hmm. And if you were able to have both of those players on it, if the boss is willing to do that and he gets comfortable doing that, then that's a different conversation that we can have about how we get quickly out into the offense. Let me ask you, Rodrigo, uh, segueing off of you being there, uh, because at this point we go to halftime and for, for those not in the Twin Cities over about a, I don't know what we're we talking about here, guys, like maybe 10 hour period. We had like every form of precipitation here in in the metro area. It started with rain, uh, rain most of the afternoon. Rodrigo, when the game started, it was raining. Yeah, it was. By about 8-ish. It was it like sleet. Like sleet, that's where I was going. It turned to freezing rain. And then by the time, I guess, we went to bed 11-ish, midnight, it's snow. And then we woke up and we got like, what, five, maybe six inches of snow. That's what it looks like out there. Really right? heavy, yeah. thick snow. Yeah. Um, so while it's raining and sleeting and doing whatever else, I almost fell on my butt taking the dog out about 8.30, like, <laughs> like ice everywhere. Um, uh, the game gets, gets postponed because there's lightning, Rodrigo. Maybe right. take it from there. How, how did you feel in, in, this, in this precipitation nightmare, basically, and then, and then having the game stopped? <laughs> Look, we've, we've, we've had conversations off air of how, um, you know, there's a whole story of how we uh, pick the seats that we picked in our section, right? We have a four-seat row, which is perfect for all of us. Well, Nubia, you know, gets all the credit for picking on those four seats because it literally sits right under the overpass. So depending on the wind, right, we either get no rain or we get a little bit of rain. So for us, like it was it was good because like we had um, uh, we had gone over. I had gone uh, and I can go into a different rant later on. But um, uh, I had gone into the world of Roseville and uh, purchased me some stadium blankets. I had no idea what stadium blankets were, but stadium blankets are a, a heck of a good deal here. Uh, in the situation so we had two stadium blankets which one side is like water repellent and the other side is fuzzy so we had two blankets sit in front of us so we were fine like in that sense but you could totally tell the pitch condition was not the ideal and for folks who have not played like there's one thing in playing in rain rain's not bad but your, your, your touch is different the ball will get stagnant there will be situations where it's not the greatest field conditions and we saw a lot of error error passing and 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 I'll credit to some of that to to that, but when you add when you add sleet, when I left the stadium when they first canceled it to go get the car, like that stuff was hitting me in the face and it was hurting. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I, you know, if I am, you know, a twenty something uh, international who's playing out in this type of weather, I, you know, this is this is not ideal for anybody's sake. And I think that was one of the things too is that. 
20 something international that's never driven in that before yeah that's gonna be like well when i, I walked out of the stadium i was like literally i was like well this is ice and like all the people and i was like well you know i don't have like rain gear so like my shoes were soaked by the time i even got past past the uh the stadium yeah, and i was like you know no what fun. there's one point where you go you just have to go out and everything and but regardless i mean like the rule is um when the lightning strikes you wait half hour and then if within the half hour there's there's more lightning strikes then that resets the clock and so my assumption is in my way to my car which is felt like a 20 minute 20 minute walk um it i i i saw two so that meant that the you know this from a half hour became probably closer to an hour and a half even more of a wait before people were going out there it was at least an hour because while you were living it i was i was chatting with bridget because like i didn't get to watch a lot because we we had uh response family responsibilities here um but Bridget's like, <laughs> oh, another half an hour. Oh, starting it over, another half an hour. I'm just like, well, I'm not getting back to this one. Yeah, it, I mean, it was, it, I expected it to be a longer delay. I didn't think they were going to mm-hmm. restart until much later because I, I mean, as the storm was passing there, I got some of it out here and it was just constant lightning. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think it was, they were originally set to restart play at like 648 and then it was the next um it was closer hour, to 7 30 almost i think yeah. by the time they got going because because like we talked about off air the the uh charlotte la match was way into the second half by the time they yeah. got moving again god if because yeah, after, <laughs> after after united end i actually flipped it over to that match and caught the last yeah. like few minutes right before alvarez um but uh, yeah it i mean they had quite a, a bit of a delay and then there was a delay in getting the players back out to the pitch um I right. think nashville was out there well ahead <laughs> of united Look, yeah. um so it's it was kind of a mess i a mess. looking at the pitch after after when they restarted and the the standing water um on the wonder wall end which i mean and this is a pitch with good drainage but obviously you can't really make um a nice grass pitch for you know pounding pouring rain and sleet and slush and crap that just doesn't drain all that well right um but it, it reminded me of the uh the practice field that at my college uh, a d3 mud pit that's what uh, i was gonna say <laughs> i was like I, i'm pretty sure we played an alumni game on a pitch very much like that yeah <laughs> I, we were sitting uh during halftime and this is this is of course was the time where i decided to display my wonderful i missed Chico and sign that me and isa worked <laughs> it'll on. go on the instagram i got it and and i um it was funny because like i turned to the wonder wall and like all of a sudden like i see 30 heads just shriveled to my sign and they either laugh and point or they're like cheering because you know they that but uh regardless i mean like me and, me and nubia were sitting and we're like well i was like like we've played in this conditions like i love playing in the rain i think the rain games are fun um you know but at the same time i was like i was like but this is rain and this is and this is like snow and it's like puddles out there it's like unless you're playing for fun this is not going to be fun at all yeah. And my con- and Nubia's concern is, is a good concern to have is like, well, now you had all this rain and hopefully the field drained by the time it started snowing super heavily. But now you have rain and you have snow on top of it. 
how good is the field going to be by the 19th, right? That's a good point. Um, well, at some point, like over an hour later, they did start restart. And so at this point, Rodrigo, you're you're home, I'm, I'm assuming. You, you made it back? Yeah, we made it. I mean, like, I've never undressed myself so quickly ever in my life. <laughs> well, like let's I, talk about, because there is a goal. Um, I, I didn't get to see any of this, so I'll just throw it to you all. Um, 71st minute. Dotson gets it in. I saw the replay. Obviously, I didn't get to see it live. Who who puts in that initial shot that kind of like lands basically at the mouth of the goal? Oh, that, kinda... that's that's Amarilla. That was a beautiful. Ah, very nice. It came from uh, a Reynoso say... free kick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Very I, cool. I don't know. If, I don't know if it was Longwane or Debasi that got the foul on that side of the field. I want to say it's one of those two um, that set up the play that way, but. Um, um, I think it needs to be addressed the fact that at halftime we had substitutions. And I think that's that led to what looked like to me was a change in formation. And we kind of went into like a three, five, two type of thing for a while, which yeah. meant that we had five people in the midfield, which meant that Nashville all not, Nashville had to get a taste of their own medicine in the aspect of like <laughs> we need to get the ball out quickly because we have two people always getting on whoever gets close to the ball, which led us to just let Dotson and Trap breathe more and not mm-hmm. have to be so um, so preoccupied with what was truly going on and be able to. I mean, Trap had a Trap usually has good games. This was not a good game by him. Um, it, it was obvious that he'd been out for a few days. And Weeks. so it was it was good to see Dotson kind of step into that role and be like that enforcer at times. I mean. He followed Mukhtar at top of the box and cleared the ball. And like he was he was doing things that the little things that people don't appreciate that I do. And I checked out and 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 towards the beginning of the second half, he started pushing the ball more forward. He started to play more as, as an eight. And I think mm-hmm. with with that kind of uh, movement, we were able to create more and more offense. I think with the bossy going back as a center back and bringing in. Uh, 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 I just. Fisher just was able to be switched from right back to left back. Yeah, I was gonna that ask was, yeah, that. he just he just hopped right over there and was like, like, like okay, we, let's we, go. We talked about the versatility of Hassani Dotson all the time, and that's one of the things that this is you know, it's always a topic of discussion by soccer pundits or whatnot. Like having Fisher being able to do that and see somewhat effective was was impressive for me. And I, I was I'm he, impressed was he better Fisher. than because because the vibe I got from you all and others as well is that the second half was significantly better than the first. So was he yeah. better? I don't, be, he was better on the left, perhaps. I don't think it was necessarily just him. I think it was, it was having, everything, huh? having Bongi come in too. Yeah. And oh, the yeah. two of them were the interplay suddenly on the left side was, okay. was insane. Right. Um, okay. It wasn't, it wasn't just like one formational shift that really changed it. It was those guys coming in. Yep. I agree. Um, totally. and there, there was a huge improvement just in, you can see how, um, how they were using the midfield, the the passing map, which I I tweeted at some point during the rain delay, I think. Um, United barely ever got out of their half. Um, there were very like one or two passes into Nashville's half, um, and then by by the end of the game, the, the full time passing map has a a nice little triangle right in midfield, um, using the wings quite a bit as well. Um, Reynoso, Amarija, uh, it looks like Bongi's in there as well. Um, 
but the press was just significantly better um, mm. right down the center instead of instead of um, you know trying trying to slip around uh, and that's how they were able to continue getting the ball over to Fisher and the Bongi and Lude was up there too with a few good ones nice. um, so okay. it the the whole interplay I think was just better and and those guys coming in fresh not having to warm up again you know after playing 53 minutes hey. Who, who would have thought substitutions can can make crazy, things happen? Right, just crazy, absolutely insane. Just, we're just so <laughs> obsessed by them. We just never make sense. Just That's to, why. just to, you know, Heath on the broadcast was like, "Yeah, I thought it was time to make make a few changes and kind of kind of switch it up." It's like words that I never thought I would hear out of his mouth. Wow, six yeah, years. Yeah, it was thought it was a good time to just you know, you know, uh, make some changes and see what happens. Right. And uh, but, and this is what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Dotson gets his garbage goal. I mean, it was it was good that he was he was there, but good on the other crew that you were talking about, uh, Amaria, for setting it up. And, oh, and it sounded like and, a no so as well. I hope that becomes a set piece. Oh yeah, that they put in there because like when they when, when they were asking uh, Heath about it, it was like no, they came out, they came that up on their own. I was like, well, that's great. <laughs> he's he's like, we have never talked about that on the training ground. But <laughs> it totally makes sense. <laughs> Amaria, the top of the twenty, have Reynoso just cross it into him and just let him go. Cause that strike, yep. if that, if it didn't touch anyone, that would have gone in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was right there. Like I saw the replay. It was like rolling right. Yeah, by it, the, the I, think it, volley. I think if yeah. the field hadn't been so wet, it would have gone in the first time. Okay. It kind of, it kind of slid back and skipped mm-hmm. off the line a little bit. Did, it, did a big splat and just sat there. <laughs> well, it, it, there there <laughs> were situations of, yeah. where it, it gets, like it that. gets that backspin. Yeah. And it happened to do it like right at the goal line. So if yep. you had used the, the goal line camera, it probably would have not been in. Um, but yeah, if it wasn't waterlogged, uh, yeah. it probably would have skipped right over. Anything for like the last 15, 20 minutes to kind of wrap this thing up? I mean, you guys have kind of I said mean, everything. The, but... the shot suddenly, everyone, everyone was taking shots. Uh, there was another uh, off the post. Well, actually for both sides, Nashville had one right off the post. Um, thankfully, uh, Miller was not close enough to get to that one, but thankfully hit the post. Uh, and then there were a couple more from United as well, right at, right in the wonder wall. Um, so it's progress. I mean, it's yeah. They, I mean, one, one tie against yeah. a really, really good team. Just like last week was our other really, really good team. So, you know, two points way better shows, than zero again at this point last exactly. year. So. Exactly. It shows, you know, the, the potential that we have off the bench and much like we talked about last year, when we see like early last season, it was Nico Hansen coming in and, and making it, making it a completely different game um, in the last 20 minutes. And that's exactly what we say, what we saw out of Bongi being able to come in and, and pair up with, with Fisher and, um, and with Reynoso. And I mean, it's, it's obviously, that they've been working on some of this stuff, whether Heath, uh, you know, started it or not. Um, but the, the potential is there. I mean, this is a pretty solid start for a group that, right. you know, from, from day one is talking about all these injuries. I mean, three years ago, if you had to put in like half of your defensive back four um, were subs, like it, it would not look like this. Nope. <laughs> so that's, so that's progress this off season. Yeah. Sure. I, I think overall, I think like the, the, 
we've talked about depth and how like we acquired depth. And the previous years we acquired depth, but it wasn't like for like substitution depth, right. right? And we didn't always use the depth. Right. And then this year we have that, right? I mean, Luis Samarilla played a whole game. And this is literally your second game, right? And yep. so we're looking at that. Like, where's Unufit? The Lottie's still hurt, right? You know, um, and Bonga gives you that other that, that other opportunity. And like I think the more comfortable he becomes with Amarilla and Reynoso, the deadlier this is going to be. And, you know, and, and, and Kalman also had a decent game before he got pulled out. But the reason he got pulled out is that you needed, you know, you needed to keep the bossy on the field. Right? There's no way you can you can take him off. Right. In that sense. And so the best way is to be able to place them. And, and DJ Taylor does a decent job when he comes out playing on the right side. He knows when to run back. He knows where to pass the ball. He'll he'll do a couple of runs if he needs to, but nothing too drastic. And I think that's what we needed that. And Fisher was already comfortable on the other side. So he was able to work on that. But I think Bongi made a difference in that sense. Um, but I also felt that, you know, trying to take over that midfield by somewhat switching a little bit more and pushing that more up, literally played played the same role against Nashville that they were doing against us. We're taking over the midfield and we're trying to take the ball away from you and, and do that. And I think it's just, it's a good start, specifically because we talked about how this first five games were going to be mostly against all yes uh, all playoff teams from last year mm-hmm. that's that's what i was actually going to bring up is after this very long three-hour match a uh, decent result but then next week they have another really tough match against uh undefeated so far new york red bulls we'll talk about theirs in a second that that's going to be a challenge playing out there right and then and then you and then at the same time you're you you're putting players who are similar to like for like and talent that don't drop the production or at least the, the you don't have to switch your plan so much as to how it goes when you're trying to uh, uh, spur offense. And I think that's the other thing as well, too. I think that has, has played well for us. Um, and I think that will be key. Right. I mean, if and I think Amarilla also did a good job. I think Amarilla needs to be and I think Bridget has said this on the Twitter's and said many a times he just needs to be more selfish. He needs to start taking those shots. And he's always trying to look to make his teammates in the in in, in the better positions. And I get that, right? He needs to embrace his inner sugar ray. Right. He needs, exactly. he needs to do yeah. what he did at that at that uh, on that free kick. He needs to do exactly yeah. that. Ball comes to him, blast it. I don't care if it comes 20 yards over there. Just just start getting to the groove or shoot. Get that it ball. in there. <laughs> few more few more neck tattoos. Few more neck tattoos, and then he'll be he'll be ready. Ready to I mean, go. just His, it's just yeah. so frustrating to watch him like run towards a goal and he's got a defender ahead of him, but they're off to the side and, and the keeper's distracted. And then he looks to his left and goes, Oh, there's another guy running with me. I'll just pass it to Fisher over there, who's got three guys between him and the goal. <laughs> right. Shoot the freaking ball. Like yeah. let let the other guy get the cleanup. I mean, we there have been plenty of goals like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just get it, get it in there. Yeah. Word. And and his one like true true scoring opportunity which was the back heel from brent coleman that yep. held in his lap and then he shielded it away from from um from zimmerman and like twisted and he, and he did that turn yeah. so quickly like if that would have been like on dry grass I, that that's going in oh yeah but but the fact that he's doing that is is creating really really hardships uh, against the against the defense and i think that's that the goals will come but i just think it's just 
it, it requires a certain mentality. And I think he's trying to get adjusted to this team. And I'm hoping that they'll get more. But Bongi is also someone who needs to get more adjusted and people need to get adjusted mm-hmm. around him. And I think that's really what's going to be like our our substitutions that we're going to look forward to throughout the season. It's like stuff's not working well. Bongi is healthy. We're going to throw him in. Right? Throw him in. Yeah. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, let's do uh, MLS. So really quick recap that went a little longer, but I, I wanted to get all your takes since I really only got to watch like a half an hour. <clears throat> excuse me. Half an hour of that match. Um, New England beats Dallas 1-0. At the aforementioned Red Bulls, they go to Toronto and smoke them four to one. Uh, KC gets a win over Houston one nil. Montreal and Philadelphia play. It's a two one Philly win there in Montreal, and we'll spend some time on this one. San Jose, Columbus, bring in the chaos. That's a three three tie. Uh, our narrative here is is the the villain. Francisco Calvo with a brace, including a goal in like the 97th something minute, like mm-hmm. right before the whistle, basically to, to get the tie with the, which one was the, the first one with had the Greg Bush assist, right? The free Both kick. Both of them. Both, Both of them. Are you kidding? From amazing. Amazing. Like when I, this is when what I is first happening. saw, yeah, when I first saw that Calvo had scored in San Jose, I assumed that it was an own goal. And then I saw <laughs> And then I saw the video. I pushed the wrong button. I'm laughing so hard over here. That was my bad. That was great. Uh, thank That's, you. Thank uh, you for that. Yeah. So, so both of them came from Grey Goose. And I, I guess, Jane, the press box was actually watching that one during the, uh, during the lightning delay. And I guess uh, everyone was having a lot of fun with that. Um, so, yeah, really, really interesting narrative down there. Well, I mean, who would you have chosen as a manager to bring out the best out of Calvo? I mean, Almeida has to be like if you if you're embracing chaos type of thing. Chaos meets chaos. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty much. Chaos. Yeah. And Almeida is literally, I mean, Matt Doyle talked about it like a couple of weeks. It was like, you know, it's totally Almeida mode. Like just let let's let your players do whatever they want. Just send them out there and let them go. Yeah. As long but as the Greg Bush thing trips fine. me out though too. It's like I didn't realize he assisted the, the second one either. Yeah, My, what is happening? That is wow, 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 wow. Evil always wins. Um, we can talk about the. Let's see, we got some other matches as well here. I'm going to pause on this one. Uh, Chicago Orlando tie. Colorado gets a big win over Atlanta three nil. Uh, Cincinnati and DC United. Mm-hmm. D- DC wins that one one nil. Rodrigo. No, I was just going to say Colorado after having a horrible game previously. Yeah. Um, bounce back against an Atlanta who were confident of what they were going to be. So that was a, that was, that was something I wasn't expecting to see, but it was, it was a good game though. I saw the highlights. So big win for them. Uh, Salt Lake, this one also got delayed. Uh, it, was it the same storm? I'm not sure. But I don't they, know. They were off I for mean, a little bit too. I'm sure that is like a massive system hitting everywhere yeah. right now. Yeah. But yeah. They had, they had lots of hail. Yep. We, we can at least be thankful that we didn't get the giant pieces of hail that they got. I'll yeah. take sleet over that no anyway. Uh, so but knowing people at the Wonder World, they probably would have just stuck out cups to collect the hail and then pour <laughs> beer into it. <laughs> Since it wasn't cold enough for your beer to turn into a slushy for this game. For Diamond to be like, he'd have all of his, <laughs> his liquor out to make a Sazerac and just like hold it up <laughs> for the ice. <laughs> Uh, amazing that, that little uh, moscow mule cart that they, yeah, they used right. to have just kind of rolls out from under the yep. overhang and is like okay restock uh 
Salt Lake takes down the Sounders. So one nil Salt Lake. So Sounders with zero points after two matches, which is kind of a weird thing to say. Yeah, uh, Vancouver NYC also nil nil. I know, I know. We got CCL as well, so they're they're resting people. Not only that, um, but like Seattle's been in a situation where they tank the first half and then tear the whole league in together. The half, so yeah, that's right, that's right. Um, then let's focus on this one because this was the big thing on on Big Fox. Uh, you, you just can't unsee it, CLTFC. And I was amazed how it was all over on, in the stadium, too. And I'm just like, how, how is this not a – I mean, we talk about it all the time, but mm, CLTFC on Big Fox. I, I, um, I can't wait till Silent Bob becomes the mascot for uh, Charlotte um, and, and brings in the whole crew from Dogma back out because that totally would be the best thing to come out of the whole – I don't know if you guys seen the the those movies, but there's a there's a there's a whole there's a whole different thing about CLT that is applied to that matter. So yeah, um, I remember when I flew into the airport for the first time, I just started laughing. People are like, "What's so funny?" I'm like, "Really? Just look at it. Come on, about it, people." Uh, um, yeah. there, this reminds me though. There was so in the United game, there's a new graphic on the video boards around the pitch. Um, where after a goal, the the state lottery loon is like mm. bouncing up and down, on the, and it was just really disorienting because you're watching play, and, and these little loons on a white video board are dancing around all around the pitch. It was kind of funny, but anyway, yeah. No, I was going to say they 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 were predicting that they would break Atlanta's uh, regular season MLS record, which they did. Uh, they're playing in the. Uh, Oh, NFL. What's the help me out? Where did it go? What's the team that plays there? I don't even Tennessee? know. Tennessee? No, Titans? Carolina. North Carolina? Yeah. Uh, Jaguars? That's Florida. Oh, the Jaguars. I, that yeah, that yeah. I know. No, no, no. That's Florida. Um, uh, North, hold on. I got no, it. Panthers, Panthers. 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 There you go. Panthers. That's, yeah. So, those cats. That's right. So it's like a 75,000 something capacity, and they packed in. I got the official number and during the match it was 74,479, which beat Atlanta's. I think it was like 72. Who knows? That's, that's a pretty impressive number though. Even my uh, cousin, Jeff, Primo Jeff actually wrote in and he's just like, dang, like props do. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't even think it would happen. So huge, huge crowd. I mean, when you open up the gates and you have the capacity and you, I mean, we didn't know what the marketing was behind it too. Like you remember when we like try to fill TCF, yeah, and we literally filled it, and people were like literally giving tickets away. At, yep, like even the scalpers were giving tickets away because it's like I can't make money off of these things. You can just keep them, you know. It was literally the kind of same idea. Like, eh, and it I still get looked it. impressive though. It no, was pretty, it's impressive. And I mean, it's good press. Yeah, and I I saw some good tweets from uh, people from Europe who were who were at the match, and, and there was a pretty large march. Um, to the match and mm-hmm. there were a few people saying you know i i kind of feel like i'm back in england like this this match the experience is top there you go no so, I, I gotta give props whenever the camera during the um charlotte and la galaxy was was panning towards the sporter section those guys were rowdy like it felt yeah. like a college atmosphere yeah like you I, know like watching a my daughter game. was very upset she's like there's 74,000 people without masks. I'm like, let them have it. <laughs> Tell yeah, them. That's, let them know. Yep. Let them know. <laughs> I was impressed at the amount of people that were actually Welcome wearing masks in St. Paul. Yep. So, yeah. yeah. I was yep. impressed at people, the amount of people that were wearing masks in the stadium. So that was interesting because, uh, you know, um, you know, as Isawatch said, is like the reason I wear my mask in the stadium is because my face gets cold. 
And this keeps being yes. That's I mean it's perfect in this weather. Like you yep. I yeah. I used in the summer I would take it off as soon as I got out of my office. But right. now I keep it on until I'm yep. done cleaning my car off and get yep. into the car with the heat on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that. I think that's one of the things too. And, and and you know, like it was interesting and we didn't talk about the the tifo which was uh, i believe was lizzo inspired was that right yep yep yeah so i think that was that was oh that you're going back to minnesota i, lo- I lost yeah the, uh, yeah but i lost the train of thought here <laughs> well we didn't talk about the minnesota loons uh tifo uh lizzo inspired tifo i thought it was i thought it was a, yeah. it was a good that was that was, that was good because i was wondering what we were going to do but um yeah overall it was great also uh, also ukraine banner yep mm-hmm I saw the Ukraine banner. There was actually folks in our section that had the Ukraine flag and we had a quick conversation. There were about quite it. a few. Yeah. So there were quite a few and that was, that was great to see and how they did the halftime like um, announcement or just overall acknowledgement of what was going on. And like, and, and, it, and like in my head, and I don't want to be negative about this is like, it took a war for, for the, the administration at Alliance who actually get political in some sort of a sense, right? When we've been asking to do this, similar things well, to take a stand on something. A, yes. a, a I mean, European war, a European yeah. war with mostly uh, right. know, white yeah. folks. I mean, and, and we're seeing it, you know, in Premier League as well. I think Arsenal had a had a pro-Ukraine thing too. And uh, we remember how they reacted to Mesut Ozil yep. um, oh, yeah. <laughs> with the humanitarian issues in China. So it... Yeah, a, a white people war is uh, exactly what it takes, unfortunately. Yep, yep. Pulling it back to Charlotte, um, they had they had a cool tifo too. That they, they raised the the Queen City thing that was pretty cool. I just can't get over the the acronym. It's still just <laughs> amazing. It always comes back to it. Uh, but I, I kind of did they embrace it so much? Did they just like throw it all over everything? I'm just like, all right, you guys pretty are much, like owning yeah, it. Yeah, the, the fans, so, the supporters seem to be like, okay, we'll run with they're it. They're owning it. Like, yep, absolutely. Let's go. <laughs> let's go. Um, they actually played pretty well too. I mean, it. it they, they looked pretty sloppy, but it was just enough slop that they were frustrating Galaxy, and they kept it nil-nil at half, and I think it went to, like, the 70th-something where um, Galaxy scored. I can't remember the player that scored, but, man, it was oh, a blast. Oh, Alvarez. Is that who it was? Yeah. And, oh, my God. That was, <laughs> great, that was great awesome. Bomb from way outside. Yeah, It was beautiful. I mean, Efrain Alvarez has been an up-and-coming talent for a very long time, and this is, like, the year where, like, he's got, like, the green light to be able to do that, right? And he's a youngster and all the other stuff. And there's a lot of conversation about him, but he was given the space and he literally took that keeper yep. and just posterized oh, him. Oh, yeah. Yep. And that was yeah. it. That's your lone goal. So there's your the, final the one. The funny now. thing is, as soon as you score that, if if you ever watch any, if you if you watch the replay of the game just for that section, you got to watch Chicharito's reaction. As the <laughs> ball's going in, right? He sees it go in. He turns around. He kind of has his hands in his face like, oh, my God. And then he starts doing the the Latin American, ooh, that's too hot, waving his hands oh. all the way. <laughs> no, no, just waving his hand like it's too oh, hot. Okay. Like, ooh, you, 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 what just happened? All the way to get together. That was beautiful. That was yeah. like the, the shushing Sally from. Oh, yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> that was really good. And he, just, nice. and he just like takes his time as he's walking yep. through the corner. And they leg. start booing and he slows down even more. Like, come on. Nice. Yeah, that was awesome. I love it. Yeah, All right, that's yeah, not LA Galaxy also undefeated. So they have a pretty good start going. Yeah, the Loons are undefeated too. We haven't lost. Well, yet. yeah, sure. Okay. 
Uh, today you got Austin and Inter Miami and LAFC in Portland. Uh, Portland and LAFC should be an interesting one. Be curious to see what happens there. Um, anything else on the national side before we take a little break? No. All right. Well, we'll be back. Thank you very much for listening to the show. Join the Patreon at patreon.com backwards slash Minnesota Football Show. And welcome back to the second half of the Minnesota Football Show where we hit the Internacionales, the international I mean, news. Rodrigo, this is for you, bud. I mean, we didn't think any... I shouldn't say just you. None of us had any faith that FIFA was going to do anything last week with regards <laughs> to uh, Russia. And after UEFA kind of laid down some some uh, some serious consequences, FIFA FIFA was feeling the pressure. That arm that arm lock was just hurting so bad they had to start tapping. We're okay, okay, okay. We're going to do it. So they started with saying they're going to play in a neutral venue, uh, no fans or flag. And this is after obviously Sweden, Poland, Czech Republic said we're not going there. We're not doing it. Blah, blah, blah. It kept moving. It kept moving. A few days later, they had another meeting and boom, out of the World Cup. You're done. I don't think they've done anything like this ever before. Is it, I mean, this is a pretty is it for big real, statement. like out of out of the World Cup, even if like the war ends. Yes. From what I understand. Um, and it's not just that they, they threw out Spartak Moscow from Europa League. So Leipzig gets a buy. And they've cut all ties with Gazprom, the Russian oil company that was basically everywhere in any every right. any Champions League match that you would watch, like in the, in the like the banners and stuff like that, and and jerseys. I mean, there were some sponsors as well in jerseys. So, didn't expect that. Pretty someone, uh, pretty big stuff. Someone pointed out maybe Russia's just going to make a move to to do the Olympic thing where they play under the the Russian. Olympic flag rather All than right. <laughs> I don't screw that. I'm sorry. But if the winter uh, Olympics proved anything, it does it's not just, happen. They'll, yeah. they'll come out with white haze I mean, t-shirts the, that just right. say FIFA. FIFA. Right. right. The, I mean, like, the IOC though did ban um Russian Paralympians, which is kind of a low blow. Like I you're really taking it out on right. Uh, Take it out like, on, on the Paralympics. Really, this is this is who you're going to ban when you yeah. allowed everything to happen in the in the standard Olympics. Which which reminds me, have any of you guys watched the documentary Icarus? I've heard of it, but I haven't. If, watched if you want to know yeah, what's, what what happened, was like why there's you know there's the the Russian Olympic Committee why yeah. that exists. Oh. You gotta watch that. Uh-huh. Okay. Talks about into, it goes into the whole doping and how like Russians literally perfected what yeah. they're trying to do. Like I watched it and I was like, what? I was like, holy cow. I was like, okay, well, you know, that's a whole different thing. But regardless of that, like this whole like war and soccer thing has always been, you know, some unfortunately it's been somewhat connected to each other. And I don't know if I don't know yeah. if Eric remembers this, but like and I believe uh, right after um, Salvador Allende was was assassinated, right, and and taken out of power. The Soviet Union, right at that point, uh, uh, they were scheduled to play a, a match against Chile, 
because of uh you know because uh they were the the two teams that had tied and one of them was going to go to the world cup and it was going to take place in uh in the stadium in chile in santiago and the soviet union decided not to show up because of what had happened with the overthrow of Salvador Allende. Mm. Right. Yep. So you so to 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 kind of like talk about like you know this aspect of it. It's like you, you see you see you see you know parts of the ex-Soviet Union, Russia, etc. be be involved in the aspect of of soccer having to increment what's the reflection of what's going on in in in, in history at time. And I yeah. think or just just all the dirty right wing uh Right, reactionary regimes. I was thinking of the uh, Argentina. Was Argentina '86 or '88? I can't remember. For which one? So the the when they, when they hosted. I think it was '86. No, '86 okay. was was Mexico. I think right. Yeah, it must have been '88. Hold on. Yeah, I don't remember. But what, what, whenever it was there in the '80s, I mean that they were in full dirty mode war at that or dirty war mode at that point, and uh, you know they while they were cleaning up all the cities and societies against so called communists and whatever and everybody else um you know that fifa loves that stuff red carpet for fifa to come in and hold a tournament <laughs> i mean one of, one of my favorite um soccer books is the the story about ix in world war ii um and how they like balance you know safeguarding their they had a lot of jewish players at the time so it was uh you know a german club trying to protect um its jewish players and mm and maintain like kind of a safe haven without being um, just destroyed by the government. Um, I think we'll probably see a little bit of that coming out of Russia as well. 86. That was 78. Well, there was two. Yeah. 78 and 86. I mean, oh, okay. Which, which one was the most violent? I guess that's the question. I don't know. <laughs> All of them. <laughs> yeah. If, if, you, uh, if, you, if you watch any Maradona documentary, all of them are very violent. Right, right. Um, well, back to the Russia thing. Um, Abramovich was, is officially out as well. Um, that he, it seems like he's trying to get ahead of it. And it just he's giving it to the, giving Chelsea to the. He, um, took the, uh, he took the hero route here. Let me say trying at the very the least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's he's trying to build his narrative, which, you know, I suppose if you're in the sinking ship, he's he's looking for that lifeboat. Um, so he's giving it to the charitable foundation for the time being. Is that right, Bridget? Uh, I think so, yeah. So we'll see what happens so there. He'll no longer he'll no longer profit. He'll he'll give all the money from the sale. Worth repeating, though, this man made billions and billions of dollars with and through yeah, Putin in the regime. He is right. donating his pocket change um, and will probably not change anything else. Now, did you all see, and I know there's some really wealthy U.S. folks that are interested as well, but did you see Conor McGregor, like, thinking about <laughs> buying this team? And, and you just never know with this guy. Like, is he joking? Is he serious? He's like, who knows? I always think he's broke. That's a, like I've never seen Conor, Conor McGregor like. I don't he's. Know. I think he's doing fine. He's. I, he's I'm pretty sure he is. Invites. But if I was gonna do anything, I'd be. I, think, I, uh, I go the Rooney way. <laughs> the Rooney way. I think he uh, hasn't been in the news enough lately he, since he hasn't had any fights recently, yeah, and you're he's probably just right. like, like you know what? Ah, I will publicity. buy the soccer team. Yeah. 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 Yeah, you um, know what McGregor's gonna do? He's gonna sponsor the SBA cross country skiing team. That's what he's gonna do. 
you know? I suppose he's, well, I'm not going to say that. Moving and then, on. And then all uh, the parents get like <laughs> bottles. All the parents get like boxes of, of his whiskey delivered on a monthly basis. There you go. Yes. Hey, what what do you think? So as Abramovich has been under fire, it's kind of been interesting to see like all the other people too. Did you see the, uh, the Newcastle manager, Rodrigo? He was getting asked about... Uh, uh, the ties to to the regime in Saudi Arabia and wasn't really. I mean, it sucks because to be in that kind of position, they were, they were doing this with with Tuchel as well, and he's just like, "Yo, I'm yeah. just here to coach a team." Da 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 da. But nonetheless, you're still kind of tied into this thing. So I, I think it, I think it's a valid question, but at the same time, I think like like he's not. He, he probably doesn't even know who owns the team. He's just like, I'm just getting signed. Checks are coming my way. He has, he has no idea where it's coming from. Right. And, 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 and do, do so, you know, that he, sh- he should, but at the same time, I don't think he's obligated to do that. And I, and I think the questions are fair. And I think it, 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 it does a lot of well, but specifically because Newcastle is actually on a winning streak, right? I mean, they're actually out of the bottoms, bottom, bottom three. And they're actually, you know, fighting the Arsenals and the Worlds and the Brightons and the Worlds of uh, getting that middle table run, but but every time I see this team, I I, I like keep on saying, I was like, how white this team has gotten <laughs> <laughs> with all the people that they signed. I was like, it just gets whiter and whiter. I was like, there's like a, like a, like I'm like, geez. I was like, you know, I was like, where's the um the Almarones and where's the other folks that you know you know Willick is out there and all that stuff. But yes, I I think it's it's going to be a com- if anything. This opens up the door of a conversation as to if we can hold, if we're going to hold Russian teams and Russian oligarchy owners accountable, then that opens the door to what's going on in Qatar and all those other ownerships. But then that's, I don't know if FIFA is willing to swallow that. There won't be, but but it's great that it's happening. They'll be the biggest domino to fall. Yes. All, all roads lead to FIFA. So. Right, right. It, it's just good to see that people are being more cognizant of, uh, how do they say it, how the sausage is made, as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this is just more bad stuff out of Brazil. I don't want to spend too much time on it. We talked about the, the bombing of the of the Bahia team last yeah. year in the bus. So there, it's, there, it's there's a the big derby. Like... It really has. Uh, Grêmio and Internacional, Grêmio relegated. Um, and boy, there, there's more bad news there as well. But they couldn't even play their their derby in in um, Rio do Sul. Uh, everybody was what they were throwing rocks. They were picking up the asphalt Dude, and the chucking stuff all over the place. Were literally the size of people's heads. Yeah, yeah. And they were throwing that to bus windows and whatnot. Like, yep. It's it's not like it's I don't bad. know if it's because like because this this also ties in Grenal. It's called the Grenal. That's the that's yeah, the, the Grenal, yeah. Match, the Grenal. This ties in also to the stuff that was happening in Querétaro in the Liga MX. Mm-hmm. Like the, the oh, amount yeah. of ahead. fan violence has been just it's, it's just been crazy specifically lately. Like I don't comprehend like and a lot of people are trying to 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 comprehend because like in Brazil this has been like a, this is not only the only incident that's happened. There's no, been the no, no. The 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 bomb right that um that was sent as a message to the players. It's also been like fighting on the field. A couple of months ago, we we were talking about how like you know uh, fans got onto the field and they had a fight with the VAR machine. I mean, like we're, we're talking well, about things. That- Brenner, we talked about Brenner. The reason Brenner basically right. got out of there is because they were somebody was like had a. What was it like a su- surface to air bazooka thing? And they were trying to blow up the bus when he was on the bus. 
it's like okay mls sounds good i'm not here let's go yeah and i think that's that's the thing it's like the i i, I can't comprehend what the reasoning is behind all this is and i understand that the pandemic plays a different hardship on on how people are able to to have access to enjoy things that are considered normal and like soccer in a lot of countries is 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 uh it's a sense of normalcy right and i just don't but what happened in Querétaro between Atlas and uh, Querétaro is just is yeah. It's just give unfound. a little background. This was yesterday, so, correct? Right. This was yesterday, and and I think Bridget had the the link. I'm trying to figure out, but I, yeah, it was it dropped it right at the almost. So it was yeah. Uh, so um, it was um, I think it was like at the 62nd minute, the suspend the game was suspended because there were um, there were there was fights and stains, right? And this leads to like a, a conversation about as to safety in stadiums. And not only that, but um, there's a fight that breaks out and this fight just ends up taking over the stadium between the two supporter groups and just people. And like uh, to the point where like the, the players are usher off, right? Some players are seen trying to calm the situation, but there's like people are taking seats apart. They're using them as weapons or taking parts of whatever they can get into. And then, um, they're using them as weapons. Families are being attacked because, you know, the the jerseys of the kids that the kids have, right? Like they're like it was like, literally, like it was just it was it was horrible to be able to witness. And like, unfortunately, like I grew up in in a desensitized part of Peruvian society where this is not I'm gonna say is acceptable, but this is normalized in a sense. So like mm-hmm. seeing this type mm-hmm. of violence and seeing this type of thing. Is, is is one of the things that um, that makes soccer um, scary in a sense, right? I remember my dad always saying, "It's like when you go to a Stadio Nacional, when you go watch your team, never sit in north, never sit in south, because there's usually that's where the supporter group sections will sit. Always sit somewhere else, and there's a reason for all this stuff, right? The 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 level of aggression of whatnot. And I've been in in in, in a place where like I've had to run to jump on a bus because the hooligans are out there destroying everything and running through everything. But this is just a whole different total, total level of lack of like anything. Like it's just yeah. horrible. Like we should, we should put out witness... there too. like be, be careful of, of the videos and things on social media. Right. They are very, yeah, really don't horrible don't just go clicking on, on every right. thread. Read um, articles. Don't, don't go on Twitter. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, like, and sometimes I forget that, you know, I'm desensitized, and so like I'm okay watching stuff like this. But and I know other folks aren't, so that's my that's on me sometimes to when I decide to spread. But just just the brutality of 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 things that were happening, and then not only that, but just the lack of understanding what security really means, right? And I think this is this is not only on Querétaro right in atlas because they 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 know what their fan base is right and they understand what that is and and Querétaro is it has some fault on the aspect of what security was available uh, but also it's on the league because the league approved this type of security right i mean like look at me if i am a if i'm a security person i don't have like say i'm only armed with pepper spray and i have 40 40 hooligans coming at me what do you think i'm going to do exactly right. like like i'm not going to let i'm not i'm not going to stand in their way i'm you know i'm getting out of there i'm opening the door whatever they need me to do i'm out 
right? I mean, and, and that's what it was. And unfortunately, you know, the, the security that they had was not adequate or was not trained for. I mean, I'm not saying you can train for a situation like this, but you need to be able to have somewhat of a protocol of what happens. Yeah. And people couldn't leave the stadium for hours. And then the people that were hurt and there were reports that there were, you know, over over 15 or 70 people that were dead. Right. And there's pictures of people who look like pretty much are no longer with us. Uh, but the other thing, too, is that if the league reports any deaths and this is the conversation you have, it's like then the league is responsible for those deaths and that requires money. Right. There's it'll really be, be interesting to see. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how the Federation like. Right. And so they're saying there's like over 30 happens. people in hospitals. I'm sure the list is even bigger than that. And oh, we're not yeah. going to know. Gotta be. Gotta be. We're not going to know what, what really truly happened out there. But um, but I just I just, you know, we condemn this type of violence as we always have. Mm-hmm. And we always will. But I, at the same time, we also have to point at the fingers of uh, to the league the teams and you know the fact that they continue to have games after this that's the i mean the lack of response and having to have i think it was the players union who who begged them to cancel the rest of the games for the night and they just continued and you know just kept tweeting out match action like nothing oh, happened. Yeah, that's that's trash it's and yeah as of this guardian that. article published this morning they say that you know, matches for the rest of the weekend have been canceled. Um, this person from the league who they interview here, and I can't find his name in this giant article, um, but he said, uh, you know, ev- everyone with the club who who was part of the planning for this match will be, you know, prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. But again, mm-hmm. like, it's the league. It's, it's obviously not an isolated problem and just, you know, just the host. Um, And just, yeah, the lack of response, um, the lack of information and not wanting to take any responsibility. I mean, sure, this, this could happen anywhere, but you do have the responsibility to, to do everything that you can to make it not happen. Um, And it's just, it's, disgusting and it's upsetting and yeah um yeah it just doesn't it just toys at your aspect of humanity that you that you think you would have right like if you if you look at scenes from the stadium like they divide the sections between north and south by like these big old like um fences right with like Mm -hmm. doors and locks on them like caged animals right and that's literally what it's it's like I'm not saying that's what happens in every stadium, but there's a lot of stadiums outside of the United States that have that. And I think that only accentuates that mentality right? that you have to be violent. And if I think, you're going to be caged like an animal, you're probably going to act like an animal. At exactly. Times. And I think that's, that's, that's the thing is like this, this whole situation, as you pointed out, Bridget, it's not only A, on the fans, B, on the teams, but mostly on the league, that they probably were aware of situations like this. And this is just a culmination of all the right things hitting at the right spot to be able to, to, to have to happen, right? I mean, would this happen in Estadio Azteca? More than likely not, because it's such a, such a well-known stadium, such a, such a prestige part of uh, 
of Mexican soccer history that that's that they're not going to allow that to happen, but they are okay allowing this happening anywhere else. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that. Um, I think the closest situation to like really big violence at a stadium I was at was a Murumbi in the middle of Sao Paulo. It was the derby, um, Sao Paulo FC and uh, Palmeiras. And uh, got to see Kaká play before he took off to Real Madrid, which was which was cool. Um, but coming out, I just took a wrong turn. Like like you said, like they, there was enough security there at a big stadium, big famous derby like that, where nothing happened during the match or inside. But yo, as soon as it was over, <laughs> and I took a wrong turn, you know, leaving the stadium, and I like looked to my left and looked to my right, and I'm like, oh, I got to get out of here like ten minutes ago because <laughs> this is gonna get nasty right now and it did it did um so i was lucky to yeah sneak away no. with my bunda on that one i like i've said like i've i've been a, a big sporting cristal fan i went to the estadio nacional and watch uh i think it was a sporting cristal versus i forget what was the other team it was one of the big three in peru and what they usually do and what you're supposed to do is like you let one supporter group section outside on the other side of the stadium and then you let you let the opposing one on out on the opposite side, so they never see each other, and they never integrate with general pop, because if they integrate with general pop, it you just agitate. Even make it sound like a prison. It, it, pop. That, that's the way it it's really, being functioned yeah. as. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's the way like hooliganism is is being is is being used upon as the aspect of it, right? Like, you, there's this this whole like idea of like. You need to be tough. You need to be. You need to be. You need to be shown that you. You don't. You. You're tough. You're strong. Whatever. And the way that that's being portrayed in soccer is, in, in parts of a, parts of the world, is like, what is your supporter group willing to do, right? Mm-hmm. And I've been stuck in a situation where, like, I come out of the general admission area, and guess what? They let the opposing team supers come out of the same area, and next thing you know. I see people with belts on whipping at each other as I'm trying to make it out of the stadium out of like this one small gate. Right. And so it's just chaos. Like it's all it is, is like everyone out for themselves. And I think that's this scenario, even though it was extremely televised, it's also, I want to say not the first thing like that, that happens and it won't be the last. Well, let's pull it back. Um, That's all terrible stuff. Um, I just want to bring it back to Gremio again. Like, as, as if it wasn't bad enough that they had that that uh, violent situation. They they got booted out of the Copa do Brasil in the first round, playing like a fifth or sixth division team that I can't even remember. I don't think I've even heard of Mirasol before. Oh, they're Serie C, so third division. Oh wow! Unless they they lose three to two, so they're <laughs> they're having problems just all over the place. Like Grêmio is just free fall. Grêmio is just going Serie Serie F at this. It point. might be free fall free fall um talk a little bit about jesse marsh so as as uh, i think you, you mentioned this last time we'll talk about him in a sec he, he's taken over for bielsa there at, at leeds um i really appreciated his interview like it was super cool to just just hear him like com- there's already the, the ted lasso comparisons are just there for the taking and he kind of <laughs> just kind of embraced him and be like you know, I've never seen it, but you know, he said something really positive. He's like, that's probably something Ted Lasso would say, and everybody <laughs>, laughed. So, I mean, it's fun to see him just like kind of like roll with it, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, um, he's in a position but, where like he has like ten or eleven games to be able to just get out of relegation talk, yep. and it's totally doable. 
but I think he has to have the players buy into what he wants to do. And if the players play the best way to doing that sometimes is better. Look, if you don't play like you're supposed to be playing, you ain't getting paid because you're being relegation. That's a whole different conversation if anyone can be afforded any kind of way. So can Jesse Marks yeah. do it? I think so. I'll just jump there because they 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 play, they lose to uh Leicester 1-0. Um, but then he, you know, there's this this moment where he brings everybody, all the starters, the bench players, and brings them all out and just he's building that that unity and the buy-in, kind of like you mentioned there, Rodrigo. So you know, we'll see what he can do. We'll see what he can do. Um, I don't know if there's any other big games of note for Premier League. Well, we can just jump to uh, Liverpool. I actually watched this match. Uh, Bridget, you did too. We were talking about it. This was a fun, fun match for a 1-0 final, but a lot of action, a lot of drama. <laughs> a whole um, lot of me screaming from my couch. Yep, <laughs> yep. It was a fun one. Like, uh, that... Uh, what I put it, the 39th minute back and forth, like Liverpool almost gets a goal. And it's kind of, it's one of those similar to like, we we're talking about with the uh, Amaria thing, like landing in the right on the line, like this, there's, there was no rain, but it just kind of stood there on the line and didn't go in. And then they turn it around. Uh, West Ham goes on a really good tear, a really nice attack. Alisson misjudges. They get one shot off. I don't know who, who is it that steps in there and, and the defender that makes that save. Like it was a super heads up play. Yeah. I'm, I don't know. I can't remember either. It was sick. So D gets in there, blocks the first shot, in comes the second one. Alison's there to grab that. Then a third shot goes, and I think it's another defender. <laughs> yep. Knock it out of bounds. All this happens in the span of like three seconds, maybe. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it was That's incredible. Insane. It was incredible. Uh, but they, they pull it off 1 0. Um, they, of course, had a flash. Mo Salah currently at 19 goals first. 10 assists tied for first and still what 10 matches left. I mean, yeah, pretty phenomenal. Pretty phenomenal. And I, I need to check the score. Manchester Derby's happening oh, yeah. as we speak. Mm-hmm. Um, it was tied like 20 minutes ago when I last checked. Oh, interesting. I'm going to pull it up again here. I put in here for a narrative, the, the Chelsea match, they win four nil over Burnsley. There was, there was interesting that there was some, a lot of chance, obviously, looking for the new ownership and things like that. But there are also some chance for Obravich, like pro Obravich, too. So it's kind of an interesting thing there, apparently. Damn it. Um, Uh-oh. Man City, four. Manchester United, one. Okay. Uh, so that puts Man City at the top with 69 nice points. <laughs> um, Liverpool at 63. So... <laughs> They they pull ahead a little bit further, but yeah, there's there's still time. Okay, there you go. Is there still a game in hand? Or are they all tied up on on games now? Uh, Liverpool is one in hand. Chelsea has two in hand. They're sitting in third. Interesting. Interesting. Um, Recopa happened. The final, Palmeiras and Atlético Paranaense. The Libertadores versus uh, Sudamericana champs. Uh, this one was all Palmeiras. Two nil win. Four two aggregate. So. They get to add add another trophy over there. Um, let's go. Let's finish thing up. Finish this up with some good news. Um, I'll throw this to I think Bridget. You put this one in the notes. Uh, really interesting story with Sasha Kleschen and uh, another player from uh, now. Uh, well, he's, he's he was a rookie, right, at Charlotte? Is that the story? Yep. Yep. Go ahead, take it from there because there's history there. Yeah. So Kleschen tweets out. Um, on Friday, 
that he had met the parents of a player. Um, the tweet says, my wife and I visited this young man back in 2010 at Children's Hospital LA. Today I ran into his parents in our hotel lobby in Charlotte. His name is Chris Haggart and he's a rookie midfielder for Charlotte. I gave him my jersey once. Hopefully he'll give me his tomorrow. Uh, so Haggart did, did play. Um, he was subbed in I like 80th minute, but he got to play a good 15, 20 minutes um, against question. Uh, and they did trade jerseys at the end of the game. Uh, they spent quite a bit oh, of time just kind of chatting um, after the side post-match. Uh, so that was a, it was a really fun moment. I mean, he, yeah. it doesn't seem that he, uh, knew that he was playing for Charlotte and he just bumps into the kid's parents, um, in the hotel lobby and finds out. Uh, so it's, and they were, they were talking on the broadcast about it as well. Um, you know, just the things that Haggard has gone through, uh, cancer, liver transplants, um, all sorts of things that, you know, as a, like an eight-year-old, I believe, um, so, you know, just, just getting to that international stage is, is big enough, uh, playing against a guy um, like Question, but to have gone through all of that and then to, to be able to share the pitch with, with the guy who came to visit you in the hospital. That's um, beautiful. Yeah, it's crazy. That's really nice. Um, we got a late question coming in here. It's amazing. Like, I didn't think we had that many notes. Somehow we stretched this thing out to like an hour and a half. You guys, <laughs> you guys always make it happen. Um, so here's from our, from our buddy, Sasha. He's asking, who's going to be the loons starting forward by the end of the season? Like, is this a bold prediction or just like overall? How about both? Por que no los dos? I think in a 4-2-3-1, Amarillo. If, I think in a bold prediction, Bongi. That, that was my first thought, too. Yeah. I like the bold. Okay. Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, listeners, you can send us questions on whatever your social media preference is. Uh, Rodrigo and Bridget will get yes, you on the Twitter. Yes, please send Rodrigo, us snail mail. We prefer snail mail. Yes. Yeah, we do have that. P.O. box we? number. We do not have a P.O. box. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> I know that. I, I was thinking, please, I was thinking please send email. $5 cash. MNFootballShow at Gmail is the other one, and I'll, I'll get you on Instagram. Our, our Western uh, Union number is <laughs> one yeah. zero zero. We accept traveler's checks wire transfer. We do have a Patreon, uh, <laughs> patreon.com backslash MNFootballShow for some bonus stuff. And if you want to support the uh, the show and this, this kind of silliness, so we appreciate all you patrons and uh that's all i got for the week we we also accept uh payment in patron um, tequila as well too <laughs> so if you are part of that patreon you can take the e out and just send us patron and we'll be happy ipioca cachaça water yeah that too <laughs> where can i get some other stuff like besides your house ipioca is getting a little harder to find for some reason i've got 51 you can still get 51 everywhere but it's you know that's okay. like the lower end of whatever, but you know, cachaça is cachaça. Yeah, I just don't wanna... Okay, that's that's another brand. I think you know it's of course made there, but I don't think I, I don't think I've ever actually seen Leblon in Brazil. Like I think they just make mm -hmm. it there and send it straight to the U.S. or export it. You know, my goal is to bully Wes into getting me some Cusqueña beer from some sort of place around, just for my birthday. I just want a twelve pack. That's all I want. You know. Nice. 
and then we'll we'll figure out the rest. So I haven't had a Shingu in a long time. Like that's a really good Brazilian beer. Let's see if I can find one of those. Good stuff. All right. Clearly, we are done because we're now going off onto our. Yeah, I gotta. Alcohol. I gotta go fight the, content here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I gotta go fight the oppressive whiteness in my yeah. backyard and my car. Make sure you stretch. It's heavy. Yep. All right. All right talk to you later. Bye. Ciao, ciao.